Today on Two Black Unicorns, we are talking about all of the things that are on our plate. Yes, all of the things that are keeping us busy. We're going to talk about how to gauge what's on our plate, how to determine whether it is critical for our development, um, whether it's critical for our future, and if we're actually engaging in self-preservation. Welcome to this magical growing and healing space. A space where two Black women discuss the intersectionalities of how we show up in this world. Strong, resilient, and described as anomalies in a world that is dictated that we should not be here. I'm Danielle. And I'm Dom. We bring you Two Black Unicorns. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to our fifth episode. How do you feel about this being our fifth episode, Dom? I feel amazing. Five is a great number. It takes a whole hand. I love high fives. So (laughs) high five to our fifth episode. Yay. So um, today, just to kind of place you where we are in, in life, we are actually acclimating to being back in society. And kind of coming out of this global pandemic. And um, I'm finding personally that there's a lot on my plate. And it just kind of happened almost as quickly as everything got removed from my plate. And I know I'm talking with a lot of other women and moms and business owners. I've talked with you, Dom. Um, and I, this is a constant theme. It's like we've suddenly found ourselves packed and busy just as suddenly as we found ourselves with nothing to do. Has that been your experience too? Yeah, but I don't know about you. I feel like my schedule has been packed throughout this whole pandemic. Really? Um, yeah, absolutely. So we are BCBAs. Um, I know we said that in previous episodes for certified behavior analysts and I had just started at private practice a year before the pandemic started. Mm-hmm. So just getting my feet wet with that and then having to turn to telehealth and trying to figure that out and not realizing that telehealth does not look the same for every client. Right. That was a project. And then e-learning, homeschooling, mm-hmm. um, feeling like I have to be on all the time for my kids because they're there. Um, I felt like my plate or maybe I purposely put some things on my plate that have been there for for a while now. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny that you say that. So let me ask you, did you have a break at all during the pandemic? Did it ever stop for you? It never stopped. Really? It never stopped. And you want to know why? So, okay. I am a person that likes to keep busy. I am. And that's, that's like, that's what this episode is called. Like what keeps you busy? And I'm like all the things because, um, I get bored easily. So I'm not a person that'll just like, well, let me just sit on the couch all day or let's, you know, I just, I like to move from activity to activity, which is why I like the field because my days always look different. Mm -hmm. Um, but there was no stop. Even if I wasn't seeing clients, I was volunteering at my church. So I did a lot of filming and editing for that. I had my YouTube channel. So I was pushing out videos weekly for that. Um, and then I, I was like substitute teaching. I was teaching virtually at another private school. I was just, I was doing a lot. 
Um, Mm -hmm. And I think when I didn't have something to do or when I was um, forced to just kind of sit still, I didn't like that feeling. I didn't like the thoughts that would come up that like, even when like, Danielle, I haven't napped in a long time. I know, I feel like we talked about this a little bit about weighted blankets and I need to get Mm -hmm. my nap game back. Um, Mm -hmm. But even when I lay down for a nap, I'm laying there thinking like, girl, now you know you should be doing the laundry. Mm. You could be preparing. You can get a jump start on grocery shopping. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I guess kind of saying it out loud, it doesn't sound as healthy as I thought it was. <laughs> I, you know, I'm I'm taking data, Dom, and I'm like, I'm like, we're gonna talk about this. Did yeah, you we're take gonna a talk break? But I, I will tell you, I just had surgery and I I've kind of mentioned it a little bit. And because of my surgeries, my first surgery ever, I've been down and out. I'm not down, but I've been out um, for over a month. So that forced me to take a break. And then I had a setback with the surgery. So I really had to lean on my husband and just like stop giving a F about all the things that I really care about. Like, okay, so there's stuff on the floor. Act like you don't see mm-hmm. it. Just like everyone else, <laughs> you know, don't, don't focus, hyper-focus on it. But as far as when I, when I do get some time, it's not that I'm always doing something for other people. I found ways to do things for myself. Like I've been filling up journals like crazy. Mm -hmm. I love writing. I feel like, you know, maybe eventually I'll have an autobiography or something. So I want to, I like to fill up that content. Um, I really enjoyed yoga at one point. Mm -hmm. I felt like that that was for me and, and taking walks. So um, yeah, I do, I do fill up a lot of my time. I do. That's, yeah. So that's interesting because I I think as I reflect back on, you know, the world shutting down, um, I don't think I've said it here, but we were actually away. We take an annual trip um, with my spouse for his birthday in March because he, otherwise he wouldn't take vacations. He's a workaholic. And, um, and I have learned how to really enjoy time where I'm not engaged in anything, even, um, you know, like projects that I'm heavily passionate about. I, I just, I, I need to kind of have that time. And so we're going to talk a little bit more about that, um, as this episode goes on, but we were in Portland and, um, there was some concerns. We, the week prior, um, a huge conference that we attend in California was shut down like hours before it was set to start. Um, and Trevor had asked me to not go to the conference because he works um, in in partnership with China, specifically in Wuhan, China. So he had heard about the COVID, you know, virus, and he had been telling me about it. Um, And so there were like, I heard bits and pieces, but didn't understand, obviously, the gravity, um, or even how it would migrate, you know, and affect us. So he his work had been affected by it. And he'd been talking about it. So when I was going to fly into San Jose for this conference, which was a hot spot initially, we, um, he asked me to cancel it and he doesn't get concerned about stuff like this. So for him to ask me was pretty, um, important. And so I did, and then it was canceled and we had had reservations about going to Portland because Portland is right above, um, San Jose and it was right below Seattle, which was another hot spot, which we didn't realize obviously until we were there and we saw kind of the people panic. 
And so we were watching this unfold and we were feeling the effects of it. Like we were in Portland and people literally, it looked like, like if I could visualize this, people were running through the city, like with their heads on fire. Like that's how it felt like businesses were literally like closing down. And we like had gone to a restaurant where we'd be only people in the restaurant because people just, you know, were panicked. Um, And so after 24 hours, we were like, we need to go home because during that time, like the school districts shut down, Disneyland shut down. That's when we were like, oh crap. Like that's how you know um, it's real. That's (laughs) yeah. When Disneyland shut down, you know, and, and we had been, you know, again, we don't panic We're you know, we're kind of grounded and we are always like, this is our game plan you know, I, I buy in bulk. So we had like food, but we were literally like, you know, the barista, you know, at the hotel was like, you know, I went to Trader Joe's this morning and there was nothing on the shelves. And so then we just started thinking we had our 75 year old godmother, you know, staying with our girls. We were like, you know, they were talking about shutting down and, you know, going on at home orders. Um, And so we, you know, we're like, after 24 hours, we need to be home with the girls. If anything happens, we're watching people panic. We don't know what's going to happen. People are like buying up all the toilet paper, which makes no sense. And, um, and so it was this whole thing. And so we had kind of prepared, we, you know, as we were traveling home, we'd come up with a game plan. Like, this is what stay at home, you know, is going to look like, this is how we're going to prepare for it. I knew that I wasn't going to work because all of my contracts as a business owner were with the school district. And so we, I literally was like, no more commuting, you know, which was, you know, like 50% of my job um, because I'm all over Southern California. Um, I was like commuting, like, you know, sometimes up to like 200 miles a day, which is crazy. Um, taking, you know, you know, taking phone calls and lunch in the car, lunch in the car, like everything. Yeah. Like, you know, scheduling like doctors, like, it's just, it's crazy. Um, and so suddenly I found myself with nothing to do. Like I literally had nothing to do. The school you know, I, I'm in school that had decided to shut down. And because people hadn't been exposed to telehealth or virtual meetings or even Zoom, a lot of people had never even knew that this was an option. There was like two or three months that for us, literally there was nothing to do, um, which was crazy. And I remember I made a post like, we're literally watching the world stop. Like, so we experienced that completely. So there was just this time. And then, you know, I talk about June, 2020 happened where um, we had a lot of like civil unrest happening and social injustice. Um, I want to be careful about how I talk about it. I've been more aware and just don't want to, you know, like talk about triggers and because it's just still sensitive for a lot of us. Um, But this really impacted my plate, right? So I had a very full plate and then I was left with nothing. And during that time, I remember missing like work. Like I was like, I'm missing the interactions. I'm missing the reinforcement. I'm missing kind of what's valuable to me, but also fully wanting to take advantage of 
the time that I had. Um, and so I wanted to be very intentional. And so we structured our days, like, you know, me and my spouse literally got up, we did Bible study, like I gave, you know, Skylar some sort of structure, I was walking like six or seven miles a day, which was crazy. Um, I was cooking, like, you know, practicing new recipes. And this was a time where I was like, this is what life is supposed to be about, mm-hmm. right? Like my family service to my family. And so while everyone was having a hard time, I remember thinking, I'm never, never in history is this going to happen again. So I do not want to complain about this because life is going to get full again at some point. I didn't know when, but I knew. And so I really wanted to take advantage of that. So I said all that long story to say that um, I've always valued and kind of having time to myself time to devote to my family, time to spend with my family, taking walks and like watching like Skylar's obsessed with roly polies and she names roly polies and she like creates families for them and it's this whole thing. And so I really enjoyed watching her kind of just, you know, we were going on scavenger hunts and, you know, baking and, you know, just like what the world was doing, these new things. And I really valued that and uh, didn't really think about how my plate was systematically kind of becoming fuller and fuller and fuller as the months went on. And as we were taking Zoom meetings and as we were, you know, kind of readjusting. And then like two weeks ago, I found myself back in a 40 plus hour a week kind of schedule. And I'm like, holy crud, like, well, you're also in a doctoral program. That's, that was the part of it. So everything had stopped until like July. And then I started my internship, right? Mm -hmm. Three days a week. But then like, I still have a business to run and I still have like a couple of projects, right? I started serving on the board at, you know, black student union at the Chicago school Mm -hmm. and at the board of Baba and projects. And then I started meeting other clinicians and then we started collaborating and then Defy was started. And, and suddenly like my life was full again. And I didn't even realize that I was like, oh yeah, there's a free space. Let me fill it in. Right. Which I think what we do, it's like, you know, and I don't do anything without my calendar. So if there's an open spot and someone's like, yeah, let's do this. And I'm like, oh, great. Let's fill that. And I don't think that we really think about protecting those empty spaces, Dom, so that we can rest. Right. And, and I don't even think that as Americans, we like value that. No, we don't. I'm hearing you and I'm like, well, I've always valued it. And I've always known that we, we need it. Yeah. Like I'm listening to you when I, I like, it's like, no, I've got to be productive. Like my spouse is the same way. Like I've got to be productive. And you know, even if at the end of the day, he's like on his computer, like still working until like the minute he goes to bed. And I'm like, no, this isn't what life is supposed to be about. Like we should be able to have a day where we're doing nothing, you know, and we're just as Americans constantly trying to fill space and fill time and, you know, time is money and these kind of concepts, like, you know, an idle mind is the devil's playground. And we have these concepts that if we're not doing something, that something's wrong. And I just, I I don't necessarily believe that. So how do we find that balance? You know what, when, even when you said an idle mind is, is the devil's playground, I even see myself perpetuating that in my children 
Um, so for example, my youngest, we would always like have something to do. And you know what? Now, now that I think about it, I think it comes from a blended family where on the weekends I would see my dad, he would only have us for a few, you know, for a couple of days. So he always had something planned. We were always like on the go back and forth. Um, so I, I do that now and I'm like, well, what are we doing this weekend? Or, you know, have to have them signed up for something. And then after this, like we can't have that idle time where you're on video games. I don't know what you're watching or if you're just getting into stuff um, instead of just really finding a space for doing the things that you like to do. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's it. I think, you know, I know we had talked about this during the the pandemic. Like I remember seeing memes about, if you haven't started a business at the end of this pandemic, then you just don't want to, right? And there was all this kind of harsh criticism about, and I remember thinking like, no, 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 no. Like I'm ambitious. I'm, you know, I'm this person who is constantly like trying to be better, you know, for myself, for others, for my family. And I remember like this time, you know, before June really, where I was like, nothing is going to come out of this. Like, I'm going to look back on this pandemic and realize that I like spent every day the way that I wanted to, right? Like oh, the way I that, that I remember thinking that and, and really totally savoring that, <laughs> savoring that because I was like, I'm, we're never going to get this opportunity again. And then I would see people like kind of birthing all of these ideas, but in hindsight, Tom, June changed my life and so much happened as a result, but it wasn't like conscious. I didn't go into, you know, like three months into the pandemic thinking I'm going to do these things. But as a result of June, 2020, specifically my passions changed. it, my purpose changed. I started working with survivors you know, Defy was created, which was a tremendous kind of, it still is this tremendous kind of movement, you know, and so much like gold came out of that. So many opportunities like you and I, like starting this podcast came out of that. So, uh, you know, I just, I, I think that this idea that like, if you did nothing in the pandemic, that's okay, because you probably needed that, like I needed it Mm. desperately. But then, you know, the other side of that is like, but if something great came out of it, and you were able to start that business or start that podcast, that's okay. So are we like, are we kind of considering the two ends of the spectrum? It should be from this pandemic, I hope you get what you needed, what you needed. If you needed rest, I hope you got rest. If you needed creativity and inspiration and, you know, whatever, uh, a kickstart to to start. Like, for example, when the pandemic hit, that was the first time that my YouTube channel went viral. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because people had time to rest and sit and to think about, Listen. yeah, like, oh, I did say I was going to take the exam for the BCBA. Let me actually do some research. And then I've come across this video and then all of, you know, so I just hope people got what they needed from that and don't push against that because I know I am a person, although I'm very creative and I like to, um, I just, my mind is always going. So although I do need rest, but I know that I love to engage in things that keeps my hands busy or I love yeah. things that are visually pleasing. I love just 
looking at scenery or I love just looking at flowers. So no, I'm not physically resting and sleeping. That's not what I need. I go to bed very early. I have a, I get mm-hmm. a good eight hours of sleep. Mm-hmm, um, me too. But rest for me is to stop doing for other people maybe for a while and just do the things that I like to do. Like even for an example, um, I used to have this thing where I come home. I always wanted to be that person. I come home and I drop my phone off at the door and I don't look at it for the rest of the day. And I got a lot of pushback from my family. I'll go look at my phone maybe a couple hours later. And they're like blasting me like, why aren't you answering your phone? Don't you? And I'm just like, can I just detach for a moment? And I've started to set up more boundaries where that is what I'm doing with my time. And this is what I'm not doing with my time. Even when it comes to emails, as a business owner, we feel like we have to answer every email immediately take on every speaking engagement, every new client. Like, I feel like that's where my first business drove me to a place where I was ready to quit the field. With this second business, I'm like, no, that is not what I'm doing with my time. Yeah. My time has been become more precious or my plate as, as we call it, that's not going on my plate today. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think what we need to consider First of all, you, you talk about boundaries, which I think is vital, right? Us understanding what our boundaries are. What do I value, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so for me, it's like- What do I value family. today? Today, and it's going to change tomorrow, right? But generally for me, like my um, first ministry, I say this all the time, is my family, right? So if Trevor isn't okay, if Skylar isn't okay, Alexia is grown and an adult. And so there's this loose kind of um, boundary that I have with her because I recognize she's a grown woman, which is crazy that I have a grown woman child. Um, But my boundaries are my family. They're my first ministry. And if they're not okay, um, then nothing else matters. And so that's where my first commitment is. And then I have to ask myself, like, what capacity do I have? So even if this is valuable and it fits in line with you know, the theme of the day or the week or the month or the year, whatever, I have to consider, do I have the emotional capacity? Do I have the mental capacity? Do I have the physical capacity? Because as I age, my tolerance and my energy um, just kind of declines. And so I really have to check that on a day-to-day basis. And then, you know, going back to this boundary issue, being okay with saying, nope, not today, let's revisit in July or let's Ain't revisit, no. you know, at a different, right. So learning how to kind of, but you have to know what your boundaries are before you can commit to them and ask other people to respect that. Right. And then the second part of that, like you said, is learning how to say, no, nope, not right now. Um, or no, nope, this just doesn't fit in line with my values, or I just don't have it. You know, I just don't have room on my plate. Mm-hmm. So how do you implement that or how do you apply that to mentees that may come to you? I know um, as, as listeners, both of us are supervisees. We provide supervision to BCBA students. And that is a task in itself because you're like helping to mold and shape the career of another clinician. And I don't know. Sometimes it's like you take on something, but then you can't let that go. It's kind of like having another child. It takes so much out of you because there's there's a lot that is included with supervision or being a mentor. Yeah. So I think, um, 
you know, cause I, I think, I don't know about you, but I don't just supervise like, you know, students who want to sit for the exam. I like mentor specifically young black, you know, young woman. Um, and then I just offer like consulting and, you know, to like new business owners, to students, like, so there's a lot of roles that like I play and where I just am sharing my lived experiences um, because I've been through a lot, obviously, and I've had to navigate really challenging waters throughout my, throughout my life. And so I just provide that support. And the first thing I always say is like, you need to like write down everything that you have going on. Right. Because I think it's easy. And I, I can see this with you, Dom, there's so much that you have going on and it's like this and this and this, and it's kind of like, you're good at juggling these balls, but when you put it on paper and you're actually looking at it, it's like, Whoa, like that's a lot. Like, mm-hmm. so I understand that. Right. Like if you saw my calendar, it's like a Tetris. Like I always joke that my schedule is like a Tetris, right? Yes. Like, like that old I'm aging myself. Um, but so first I, I just have them look at that. So look at your schedule, look at what everything that you're committed to, and then like what your values are. Right. And so typically what I find is that we're working 40 plus hours, you know, doing something that we're not really passionate about. Um, And so then I'm like, that's your first move, right? Like if you're exhausted from working an eight hour day doing something that you don't like, or even working with someone you don't like, or someone who's sucking that, you know, all of the energy from you, like you need to consider that you need to consider that. Yeah. And readjust there. Like someone told me early, like actually one of my best friends, um, told me, I was like debating whether I should leave a company and I love the work that I was doing, but I wasn't experiencing growth. And she told me like, Danny, I, I watch you. I, you know, watched you, you know, navigate college and all this stuff. And you have moved these mountains Um, so that you have choices and that, like that, that concept, like I do have a choice. I don't have to stay here. I can look for a different job. I can look for better opportunities. I can look for a better opportunity and articulate. This is what I'm looking for in employment. This is what I'm looking for in a supervisor. This is what I'm looking for, right? Like I have that choice and a teammate, right? And this is what I'm looking for to fill my days. Mm -hmm. Exactly. To fill my days. Like one of the things for me was like, I was a single parent, so I needed flexibility. I needed you to be able to trust that if I have a, you know, a, a hour required, a billable expectancy, right? So um, just for those of you viewers who aren't um, behavior analysts, typically when you're working for an agency as a behavior analyst, they have a billable hour expectancy. And so that might be like 80 hours, you know, a month or 120 hours a month. So they kind of lay that um, in their employment offer that you will meet that billable expectancy. And so for me, it was like, I need you to trust that I can meet this. um, But I get to dictate what my hours are, because if my daughter needs me, I need to be able to be there for her. I need to be able to drop her off at school and pick her up. I don't have childcare. It's just her and me. Um, when I had my brother, that was another contingency, but being able to articulate that, right. And if your employment isn't flexible, or if that's making your life more difficult then I, I offer that you have the choice to make 
a better decision about your employment. So go look for something that does match, right? And so that's where I kind of help support and guide and just outlining some of those choices that are being, that are able to be made. No, I think you hit the nail right on the head. That's, if nothing else, I've, I've, I get a lot of young BCBAs in the field. Um, I started this thing called a curiosity call. Well, I sent out my Zoom link, just if you want to chat for 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I had to like pull back on that because it was, I was filling spaces, right? Like, yeah. oh, I have an hour here. I have an hour instead of just yep. taking the day off. So, but I, I still have that because I like to know what people are experiencing so I can, kind of help navigate the resources that I'm sharing. And that's yes. one thing that I share that a lot of people don't talk about is you should have choices in your jobs, especially in this field. We are in demand or you have um, you have started this journey. So you should have a little bit of um, perks right. towards the end. And I, I don't look for jobs that don't provide me with that. These are my allotted hours. Trust that I'm going to make those hours and I need to be able to do that on my time. And that has always been in my field. When I first started in the field, I was a case manager and I was allowed to work from home at least one day a week. This was mm-hmm. before, you know, all of that. So mm-hmm. very first job out of undergrad, I've had this autonomy over my schedule yeah. and it felt good and I couldn't go back. I needed those mornings with my kids to take yep. them to school. I needed to be yep. able to pick them up and do homework and know that maybe two evenings a week, I'll have to work late, but all exactly. those other days I'm good. And I can be They're protected. Yeah. Yep. And you, you, you hit the nail on the head with that autonomy. And that's what I'm supporting and encouraging is determining what is what, you know, how to, how to, um, advocate for your autonomy. And I think as clinicians or in any capacity that you're working in, and especially as black woman, I think, that that's such a not popular commodity, right? Like we don't, you know, and as an employee or supervisee, it's easy to feel like we don't have autonomy. And that has Mm. always been a non-negotiable for me. And that's what I teach and support, right? To, to, to the woman is like, no, you need to advocate for your autonomy and you can do it respectfully, obviously. And you can kind of say, Hey, is this negotiable? Is this something that I can advocate for? Is this, and if it's not, then you have the autonomy. Like I'm giving you permission to walk in that, Mm -hmm. to make that decision and say, Nope, this doesn't serve me because otherwise you're sacrificing your sanity. You're sacrificing, um, you know, kind of that decision-making, um, and it impacts, I think your mental wellness. Yeah. And I, and if, if we're keeping the, the, uh, reference of like what's on your plate, I think as black women, we are taught what's ever on your plate, eat what's on your plate. That's right. Right. Eat your vegetables, eat this, like do eat what's on your plate. Do not go away without having a happy plate or having your plate clean. And now we have the autonomy. Okay. I can choose what vegetables that I want. Even even if like, we don't have all the choices. Some of us don't have the choice not to work or to go to our boss and say, I'm only going to take this um, rate or I have, I have to have a raise. I've, I've only tried to negotiate a salary twice. And both times I was like, so afraid 
afraid because this is just not something that we do. So everyone is not at that we're taught. We're not taught. No, we're not. I was just talking with another BCBA friend, Christabel. Um, Hopefully she's listening to this because she just got a wonderful, phenomenal job. And she is my supervisor now. And at, uh, at a company that I'm consulting with and she went in and she negotiated it. I, I was like, let's just leave space for the negotiation yes. because we don't do that. We don't, right. we don't make these little small decisions. I think the next job that I'm going to go into, I'm going to say, is there a space for me to nurse? No, I'm mm-hmm. not expecting, no, I'm not a mother, but I need to know in the future, that's important to me mm-hmm. that you will, you know, honor my honor request. That. Or is there maternity leave? Is there, um, you know, just some of the things that I value, aligning that with the things that I have to do every day, like work. Right. Choosing what's on my plate, choosing what I'm going to consume on a daily basis. Yeah. Well, I think that's, that's the whole part of kind of learning how to gauge your capacity, right? Like then you can kind of readily give right? To these 40 hours that you have to put in, right? So you've already identified I have to work, but do I have to be miserable? No, Mm. I can choose, right? Like Mm. how I'm spending these 40 hours and you can invest in that, right? So, so the other thing um, that I really offer is looking at your investment. So for instance, for like, you know, students who are wanting to become certified and take the exam. Um, okay. I have to work. I have to collect 1500 hours. I don't know if the requirements have changed or when they're going to change according to the board, but I have to collect these hours. Um, it's going to suck, right? Because there's some autonomy that I don't get and I have to kind of conform and just do this. I have to suck it up. So making that choice, kind of acknowledging that, but then saying, but what I'm investing is that at the end of this time, I'm going to obtain the hours that I need to sit for the exam, right? So being able to kind of look at the circumstance and say, I'm not 100% happy about this, but that I can suck this up for this time being, because this is what I'm getting, you know, this is what I'm getting, um, what's going to return back to me. And I think kind of having that perspective, um, and thinking this is temporary. This is just for the year or whatever. I'm in that state right now. Like I'm in No, intern. you are. Yeah, you're like, I only have few a few more months where I'm just, uh, what, what do you call it? Bare knuckling it. Yeah, white knuckling it. White knuckling it. And I'm like, yep. okay. But yeah, how many of look, us do that? We'll say, okay. I know. I'm just going to pull four all-nighters. Yes. I'm just going to do this for one year. I actually, I'm, I, I've just taken on a new supervisee and I was like looking at her schedule and I'm like, okay, so like when, like, when are you going to fit all of this in? And she mm-hmm. was just like, I got it because I'm only going to do this for one yes. year and I have this support for one year. But yep. then, you know, I, I have um, another mentee who has a plan and then we also, and this is like also a part of the, the four agreements, knowing that your plan can change yes. circumstances. So I yep. may have a plan to just white knuckle it for a year or for yep. a month or just, you know, go off of four hours of sleep for this long. But let's say something happens and I have to have surgery and I'm mm-hmm. out or mm-hmm. something happens and my husband has to, or, you know, just, just any, anything happens. Being okay with 
adjusting your values, adjusting your plate, adjusting your palate, expectations, adjusting your capacity, all, all of that, because like, this is how we, you know, become successful, but also have self-preservation. Like no one wants all of this big grand success with, you know, bags and wrinkles and no one there to share it with because we've ripped ourselves apart trying to get there. Well, and I, you said it perfectly, the self-preservation. So it's okay to white knuckle it, right? So I'm in this space right now, literally where I'm white knuckling it to the finish line of my doctorate program. Um, but it's temporary. I have this note. I don't, I'm showing this note. It says, <laughs> this is temporary. You've got this yes. dig up. And every <laughs> single day I have to tell myself, like I have an end, an end goal. And it's not just that I'm white knuckling it in hopes that like I survive, but really I'm setting up contingencies along with that. So my that days are intense, part. right? And this is what I, I want to like circle back to. Actionable steps. Yes. My, 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 my days are um, structured. I have a plan, but then like I have to preserve myself and Um, I'm done at a certain time every night and I'm not taking on extra projects and the weekends I'm devoting to my family and I have dates scheduled with my four-year-old. Right. And so this self-preservation, it's not just about like pile it up on my plate, hold my breath and hope I, 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 you know, come out of it with my sanity, but it's really like, I'm taking on this extra, these tasks to make it to the finish line. This is my bigger goal, but how am I okay through that? How am I breathing through that? What breaks am I taking? What rest am I taking? Am I squeezing in an hour nap? Right. And so I think that's where we get lost as Americans specifically. And I heard this with you, Dom, is that you're taking on, you're taking on, and then you're losing yourself in that process. And I think it's important that we self-preserve and that, that we, we practice the art of self-preservation. I think it's vital for our mental health. Yeah. So I'm curious um, for our listeners, what do you think about our hobbies? Are we taking on too much? Is it, is it, is it keeping us out of an idle mind? What are some of your hobbies? Do you feel like you are always, you know, you always have a passion project going? Or is it, is it something that is bringing you more joy? Is it keeping your mind and your thoughts um, calm and cool? Um, and then for me, I want to know, what do you see yourself doing five years from now? Like, mm-hmm. like right now, I fill my, my space up with a lot of like video vlogging and editing. And when I realized like, why do I vlog so much? And that's because in my childhood, my dad always had one of those video cameras And he would always let us just be on camera doing everything. So I think that's where that comes from. But the editing part, it's kind of like that uh, Tetris. I feel like it's a puzzle. Uh It's it's, it's fun for me. But I feel like in five years, I want to have less jobs. You know, I know I I, I had a a video, um, how to have six streams of income as Uh as a BCBA. And I did. I had six jobs. Um, but that's, I would hate to have six jobs five years from now. Honestly, I, I want to have jobs that are, you know, making residual income, but me passive. actively passive, right. Me actively working five jobs or six jobs. That's not what I want. I want more time with um, my kids. I see myself cooking more in five years and not just cooking, but like, I want to be like that Pinterest mom. 
Mm-hmm. Not that everything needs to be perfect, but I'm, I like things that are aesthetically pleasing. And if I can get things to look the way that I want to, like that's, that's big for me. Um, yeah. I, I want to open a boutique for like family clothes. I, I love shopping for my boys and mm-hmm. putting things together. Um, I want to do more gardening. I want to make time for that. I see that being a hobby of mine um, as yeah. I get older. And I don't think, and you know, what's so funny. Um, I don't know if I was watching this on a TikTok or something, but we always call that like old white people stuff. Like I can't wait until I become, I can do old white people stuff and just yeah. sit on the porch in a rocking chair and garden. And it's like, no, I just want to be able to find my peace sooner, but you know, but then becoming a, an elderly woman, you know, I want to sit in a rocking chair at 33 and that be okay. Yeah. Well, and I think this, this, you know, concept of capacity and establishing boundaries and it's easy to kind of get caught up in the day-to-day stuff right because we kind of recognize we have to work we have to contribute we have Um, to raise our children exactly and I think that we lose sight of our values and so Mm. I think a part of that is like for me right now nothing is on my plate that isn't going that's not an investment in my future right and so yeah, That's a good and way so to these, look at it. These projects that I'm taking on, like me going back to school, really wasn't about like me filling up, like moving into a different job per se. Me going back to school was getting this higher education was to allow me the choice to be able to do assessments, bring in some income, right? Where I can like work at home writing reports, right? Where I'm still engaged with my daughter or my spouse, right? Like, or even just being able to consult, right? Where I'm giving a couple hours, because I do that now, um, I've achieved a certain level in my career where um, I'm able to consult and I really like that work. So I literally just come in and I consult for a couple hours a week. It's active in that moment, but I don't have to do reports. I don't have to take anything away, right? And so finding value in that, like, yes, well, Skylar's in school, I can meet with you four times or, uh, you know, two times a month and it brings in nice chunk of change. Right. Um, and even when you talk about gardening and kind of these hobbies and the things that I'm doing now, can this be beneficial for how I want to live my life in the future? And I think considering all of that, Dom, and I think considering kind of what's on your plate now and making an intentional decision about how it's going to affect you in five years, I think is another critical part of being able to navigate what's on your plate. Like I'm going to share this example. One of our listeners, um, I think when she hears this, she's going to know I'm talking about her, but I recently did um, a cohort where we were kind of learning how to um, set intentions for our lives. And she was saying that she, you know, is a newer BCBA and she um, is attending all of these kind of online training seminars, right? So we have to collect continuing education credits um, to, um, to keep our certification up for the board. And she's like, and so my day when I'm not working is just consumed with like sitting in virtual meetings, like learning this information. And so one of the things that I helped her kind of navigate and that we had to talk about extensively was like, yes, I get that you're eager and you're passionate to learn, but are you weighing that out with just 
doing things that you want to do. Right. And for her, it was like, I haven't watched a movie. I haven't sat on my couch and watched a movie. And it wasn't until she got sick and she couldn't do anything that she was like, I enjoyed watching a movie. So it's like, so then maybe this webinar, like if it's, you know, maybe just considering that they have it recorded, you can purchase it. But then when you have some passive time, you can just play it in the background, right? As opposed to, you know, working eight hours and then logging on at eight o'clock at night to like be a part of this like seminar. Um, And instead, holding off on the seminar, like watching it at a later time, and then taking two hours to watch a movie that you had been wanting to see, right? And so just kind of learning how to balance, like, yes, this is important. How is it going to feed kind of my development and all these things that I'm passionate about, but also learning how to juggle that with things that are good for my soul, things that are good for my mental health. That's so funny, because I feel like that 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 balance is what we all seek, but that balance can be confusing for like algorithms. So like it is. I have like a um for like YouTube, sometimes I want to be like productive and I want to listen to all of these mindful things, or I want to listen to a, a preacher or a sermon or Brene Brown. And then other mm-hmm. times I just want to rewatch ratchet episodes of Real Housewives <laughs> or Married to Medicine. So you should see like my suggested list. It's like, okay, are you, are you ratchet today or are you in the spirit? And I'm just like, you never know. Just take me as I am moment to moment. It's okay. I love that. I love that. Like, so that's what we're going to encourage our um, viewers. Are you yes. feeling ratchet? Or are you feeling in the spirit? Are that's really funny, Dom. <laughs> but I think that's what we're kind of, you know, that's kind of our goal for this episode is really mm-hmm. trying to determine how to balance what's on your plate, right? And considering these things that I don't think we typically think about and learning what is a healthy balance. And Mm. I'm going to challenge you, Dom, um, to consider that because I heard at the beginning of the episode, you saying I take on and you're doing all these things and you actually find value in that, right? You, I, I know that personally, that you're finding value and you place value on how much I got done today. Um, And so just kind of looking at that and challenging yourself to say, okay, is this in service of other people or is this in service Mm. to myself, right? And then maybe um, not taking on something else for someone else to um, make room to serve yourself because I think that's critical too. Yeah, it is. And even if you can't do it right away, like you said, if we have to service other people for a reason or a season, When Mm -hmm. are we going, when is that likely time that we can set up those boundaries? Like, for example, I know I've talked to a lot of BCBAs who are like, or not, not even BCBAs, just, Just, you know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Just people who who are like, I have to work now. Well, me, this is my story. I have to work now because, you know, eventually I may want more babies. And I felt like it was really hard working. I worked up until I was in labor. I was literally finishing a treatment plan while in labor and I wanted to send it out. And I'm like, I never want to do that again. I want to be able to take six months to a year off white people stuff. Like I said, right? Because we don't, you know, I didn't get a chance to plan to take a year off to just be, you know, so I feel like I have to work hard now because in five years, three years, two years, I want to be able to have a business that's already running and systematic so I can take that time off to just be and value um, other things. 
Yes, but two things, Dom. So okay. at what cost, right? So let's think about Reed and Christian, right? So you white-knuckling it now, are you sacrificing them now? Because mm-hmm. in five years, how are they going to look back? So that's one thing to consider. And not that there's anything wrong, but just as we're talking about this, considering this. And then that second part is that investment, right? So you're putting in this time and is it actually going to pay off so that you can have, you know, more freedom Um, and really considering that and making moves according to that. Because I, again, I just, I think that this, Mm -hmm. you know, another thing I want to mention about this, like white people stuff, right? So we Mm -hmm. have images of what life is supposed to be like, but it's, it's colored, right? Mm. Or in this case, it's not colored. It We get this image, like I was just on a different episode we um, taped yesterday, we recorded yes, yesterday, where we literally talk about these images that were fed as Black women specifically. But the images that were fed are of like white people, like you're saying, like this white people kind mm-hmm. of like even in pregnancy, right? Like we don't know that a lot of stuff is going on with our bodies or, or even that, that we can stay at home after we have these babies, because we have these images that don't necessarily fit into our narratives as black women. And I think that's, what's confusing, right? Culturally, we're told one thing, but societal, you know, in society, we're told another thing and we can't bridge that gap. And it causes a lot of internal conflict. And I think a part of why we, want to have these conversations, you know, at Two Black Unicorns and and why, you know, we're kind of on other episodes talking about these things is to start to bring awareness to this divide and really highlighting how challenging it is to navigate, um, you know, this world. Uh, Something else that's coming to mind is Morgan Jerkins' book, This Will Be My Undoing, kind of talks about specifically what it's like to be black woman in America, you know, and, and that intersectionality being black, being a woman, and then having to live in this America, who's kind of forcing us to fit into what society is saying. And it's like, we don't fit. Right. And then we're internalizing that. And then it's affecting us on a daily basis. And so I think these discussions about how to, um, how to balance what's on our plate, how to self-preserve, how to advocate, how to kind of juggle all of that is um, very necessary for our development as women, specifically black women in America. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting as we have these candid conversations, we see that we are still going through this. Like this is still an, 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 an issue for me. I, I try to promote self-care. I feel like that is a part of my brand and that's what I do, but I still suffer with thoughts from being able to do that yeah of like damn girl you're being really lazy right now like do something or you're not you know so when I do vlog and I do share all of this stuff that I'm doing I am trying to normalize black people doing this stuff yeah but I still struggle with uh but you were second guessing yourself as you were yeah yeah that that you are not deserving of this. That's what it is. You are not deserving of this happiness, waiting for the other shoe to drop. That's a cultural issue. That's that's a black woman. That's like specifically a cultural issue. We're not programmed systemically, racially, culturally, societally. We're not 
conditioned, like this is going a little bit deeper, but this slave mentality, right? That we don't, it's making me emotional. We don't have the justification. We don't have the capacity. We don't have the autonomy to take pride, to be joyful, to um, rest and relax. Like that is, that's generational. Like this is systemic. Like my I just, dad I think- will even say my dad, and I'm like his protector now, cause he's getting old. I'm at that age mm-hmm. where it's like, did you go to the doctor? Did you take your medicine? And I said, you know, dad, you have like a hundred vacation days, use a vacation day. And he'll like, nope, I'm dedicated. I'm this, I'm that. And I'm like, that is literally a mindset of what you thought would validate you in society. A man that never misses a day of work, no matter what. Yeah. I'm like, dad, literally, you're almost at retirement. Nobody will care if you took I know, take your a vacation day. day. But he'll, he'll say that on me, like, you're not working. But Dom, look at how it's affecting you. It does. Look at how it passes on to you. (laughs) And one of the things I want you guys to consider, you know, as you are thinking about self-care and self-preservation and relaxation, you know, relaxation is like, so for me, so I, I understand this, this need to like, well, the house isn't clean and you know, this, this, so I schedule everything that I do. I schedule when I'm cleaning the house. I am kind of anal about making sure that it's tidy on a day-to-day basis and that, you know, we're not letting it get out of hand. And then I do a deep cleaning pretty consistently. I think I've talked about on the show that I clean my toilets obsessively every day um, because I have to put my butt on a clean toilet um, every single time. Um, I don't like, it's a whole thing. I won't get into that. That's another episode. Um, But really like scheduling this time so that everything that's on my to-do list is done. And then I can feel peace when I'm relaxing, which I think is another concept that gets lost. It's kind of like, I don't have the time to relax, but I actually schedule in my planner. Like even in the mornings, like I spend, you know, I have to make the beds before I get my day started. I just have this routine that I've learned to develop so that if I have an hour in my day and I need to rest, like I'm going to, I'm going to get my little 50 pound weighted blanket. I'm going to lay on the couch. I'm going to take a 40 minute nap and I'm going to feel good about doing that. The other thing is finding value and that I've rested. I've listened to my body. I've listened to my heart. I've listened to my, my brain. You know, my brain is saying you can't take on any more, but I've taken care of everything else so I can honor myself. Right. And I think that's something that we have to learn as mothers, as black women, as business owners. Um, and that's kind of, the space as that I'm unicorns. operating in as unicorns. Yeah. And, and that's kind of the space that I'm operating in and that I'm trying to kind of shed light on as I'm supporting other, you know, young adults. Yeah. My one thing has been, I'll do my work and I'll, I don't usually take a lunch break. I just, I don't know. I don't, but instead mm-hmm. of that, I'll take a TV show break. So if I don't, I don't usually watch my shows on the day that it comes on. I'll save it yeah. so I can skip the commercials. Yeah, and yeah, I'll yeah, do yeah. like a like this is my this is us time or this is my yes. you know whatever yep. show. And I'll I'll do it literally in the middle of the day. And right now I'm at the place where I kind of hide it. I'll close my door so people won't think to ask me something. But it's it'll come to a place where I'm like, no, this is my TV time yes. in the middle of the day. It is untraditional. But 
Some people like a lunch. Some people like a walk. But you make choices. But let (laughs) me just interject and say, but you've created choices in your life that allow you this opportunity. Right. So like, so then when you're feeling guilty, you go back and challenge those intrudy thoughts that not that you're worthy because you are, but Mm -hmm. also because you've intentionally like set up right? Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's like this concept that I have about like alarm clock. So I'm not a morning person. So if I'm woken up in any capacity, like it just throws off my day. I've been like this my entire life. So I remember making a goal like early in my career. I want to just wake up by myself. I don't want to have to Me set an alarm too, clock. Danielle. I used to say, I want to wake up night naturally like Mariah Carey. Oh my gosh. I felt like she did a segment. Yeah, she did a segment (laughs) where she was like, I don't have alarm clocks. I love to just wake up naturally and start. And I was like, me too. Yes. Like I want to eventually, my next goal is that I do podcasts in my bathtub. Like she did. I think she did an Oprah interview (laughs) in her bathtub. And I was like, I'm here for every bit of that. But that's it. Like, not just like, learning how to release (laughs) this guilt about self-preservation, but really feeling proud, Dom, that you Mm. have made the choices in your career to be able to say, if I want to watch Ratchet TV in the middle of the day, I can. For me, if I, you know, I don't want to set an alarm clock. Um, That was a goal. I've achieved that goal because I white knuckled it through that time period. Right. And I made choices and this is where we are. And I think that's kind of the lesson we want to kind of share is that you can make these choices. You have autonomy. You can make these choices. And how are you using that to kind of live the life that you want? Ooh, I love that. So what choices are you making as our listeners? What choice are you going to make this week? I know you may be listening to this at the start of your week. But you have the opportunity to make choices daily. Are you going to keep working through your lunch or are you going to log off and watch that show that you missed? Are you going to take a walk or are you white white knuckling it for a while and you're just, you know, getting through it, but you have a light at the end of your tunnel? We want to hear how your Tetris game is going. What is on your plate? What are you moving around? What are you accepting? What are you consuming? And how are you self-preserving? So you can email us um, at twoblackunicornspodcast at gmail.com. You can also uh, direct message us on Instagram at twoblackunicornspodcast. And we would love to hear from you. Yes. And we are now available on Apple Podcasts. So if you love this episode, if you got a little bit from it, if you feel like, oh, you know what? I'm going to make a different choice this week. And you want to leave us a review, um, please do so. You can give us five stars. This is our fifth episode. So that'll go perfectly Yay. with that. We love five stars. Just kind of share your, feel free to share your stories, share your experience, or just give us a review and let us know some positive reinforcement. Um let us know what you want more of. We are listening. I promise you guys, we are listening to you. We want to hear what you have to say. And we love you. We we truly mm-hmm. love you. We love you for listening. Thank you. All right. We'll see you next time. Bye.